Hello, and welcome back to another episode of After School with Dylan Mack. Today we interview Amy Brightfield, a Health and Features Director for the Better Homes and Gardens magazine. Amy covers nutrition, diet, family, parenting, money, travel, and much more. Today, we interview Amy to ask her about how she got into all of this, how it's like being a director, being sociable on television, and everything in between. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It's great to have you here. So I asked this just intro question that's kind of just like you choose what you want to answer. But basically, for the audience, you know, who you are, what you do, you know, whatever, like some quick, you know, intro points you can give those to us. So I am Amy Brightfield. Um, my official title is Health and Features Director at Better Homes and Gardens. I, which that sounds all fancy, but that basically <laughs> means that I am an editor and I edit this section in the magazine called Thrive, which is health, wellness, and nutrition content. But also sometimes it's travel, sometimes it's pets. I always say it's kind of everything that's not the hardcore home decorating. Um, and so I edit, my main job is that every month I come up with, I'm in charge of coming up with a lineup of stories for the section. So I have to pitch, and my, I do what's called, it's called service journalism, which I have my master's degree in journalism, which yeah. if you want to be a journalist, isn't totally necessary, <laughs> but I did get into Columbia Journalism School, so I went. And, um, and, you know, I always knew, like, I always liked writing. And, you know, people always say, well, how did you find out, like, how did you decide what you wanted to do? And, and I just figured I really liked to write. And But, you know, I was writing poems and fiction. And I thought, well, I'm not going to make any money writing poems. <laughs> and so I thought, well, well, I like telling people stories. And I like talking to people. And I'm really social. So I felt like a journalist would be a good job for me because I'm basically telling people stories and, and I'm writing stories, but, you know, just not fiction. So, um, so my, so in my job, I'm in charge of, and I didn't, I wasn't in health originally. Originally I wanted to be what they called a beauty editor. So I wanted to, you know, edit the stories about like hair and makeup and taking care oh, of yourself, wow. which that sounds like, fluffy, but it's actually not. It's, you know, it's self-care. And I really loved fashion and I love fashion and beauty. And I was, so I was an editorial assistant at Woman's Day magazine for my first job in the beauty and fashion department. And I was booking all the models. And I remember I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> like, I don't want to do this. And I, and I sat next to the health department and I was like, that's what I, that's interesting to me. It's basically Wow. stories that stories that translate health information and and give it to people in a way that is actionable. So every story idea that I come up with is has to have some actionable advice. It's not just saying, "Oh, there's this latest research out there" or this it has to be like, "Well, here's this research about, you know, that nuts, you know, can lower your risk of heart disease. So how do we tell people how to put that in action? You know, you eat a handful of walnuts every day, sprinkle nuts on your ice cream or something like that. So I come up with the ideas, I assign them out to writers, and then I work with the art department to decide how we're going to, what they call art the story. Like, is it going to be an illustration? Is it going to be a photo? Um, and, and I also, so I'm actually... I'm in charge of coming up with the, I don't really actually write, right? I do have a column that comes out like a couple times a year called the health nut where I write, where I try out like a health trend or a nutrition trend. And I write about it kind of in a funny way, but, but I'm more of like, um, I mean, you know, it's like writing and editing or 
are sort of one and the same, but slightly different. Mm. Yeah. So nice, great intro, by the way. That's sorry. I went on a little <laughs> no, bit. No, 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 no. It's great. <laughs> um, however, yeah, I'd like to take it back, start from like the beginning more. Um, so I asked a signature question on the podcast every, you know, I mean, it's a signature question. So every time, basically imagine that you're my age or, you know, in the high school range, I, I like to say sophomore, junior, you know, 16, 17, you just, it's a, and I like to say Tuesday night, you just got back from school on a Tuesday night, you know, what are you doing? Are you like really social and you're going to go hang out with some friends? Are you like super studious and you're going to go home and study? Are you playing sports? You know, are you like getting a snack? You know, you got the gym. When I was a sophomore, you mean? Yes. So I was, as Cameron likes to say, kind of a nerd. I was really social, but <laughs> I would, I was probably staying after school to either be practice, being practiced in the orchestra. So I was in the percussion section of the orchestra and I was also on student council. Wow. So I was probably staying after school to, till like five or six to do one of those two things. And then I would come home. Um, sometimes I would take a little bit of a nap and then <laughs> eat dinner and then I would do my homework. Wow. So you're, you're very scheduled, very scheduled. So during the week I didn't in sophomore year, I don't think I really hung out with friends during the week so much. Well, because I was so, I was involved with so much after school stuff that I actually was spending time with friends that way. It was just like naturally like in class or whatever. Yeah, or, or like, you know, I was friends with kids in the orchestra or I was friends with kids on student council. council. I mean, yeah. sometimes we might go to like, we had a Dairy Queen and we go, maybe we'd all, I mean, we carpooled, to, I carpooled to school with kids. Like, so, was I driving sophomore year? You're like what, 15, so, 16? I think in the, yeah, because I grew up in Augusta, Georgia. Is Dairy so Queen good? Go. I've never been. Is it good? I've never been. Georgia? No, Dairy, both Georgia and Dairy, oh, Dairy Queen. Queen. Yeah. Dairy Queen is really good. They did. <laughs> they had the original Blizzard, so McDonald's copied them. I think. Oh I my god. <laughs> we don't know. This yeah, not factual information. <laughs> so they had the Blizzard, so we would go by Dairy Queen and have a Blizzard. So it seems like you're like on your day. healthy, your healthy mindset right from the start. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're in high school, you can do that, you know. <laughs> so yeah, so it seems like did you at that time? Uh, have an idea or like maybe something that you were interested in and want to do when like, you know, as a career or were you still like undecided, you think? I pretty much always knew I wanted to do something that involved writing. And I knew pretty early on that I wanted to be in magazines because back then there was no internet, right? <laughs> and in the dinosaur age. <laughs> every every adult on this show says that. Every <laughs> There was no internet and actually magazines women's magazines in particular like 17 magazine or were the way that i felt connected to kids outside of my school that that i would read 17 magazine and i was like oh my gosh here are teenagers going worried about going through the same things as i what i am so you and read a so lot when you were a kid the magazines oh i read i and yeah i read 17 ma i read all of them there was a magazine called Young Miss, it was called Young Miss, and then they changed it to Young and Modern, and then they just shortened it to YM. You know, I mean, it doesn't exist anymore. But you know, I've um, never read a magazine personally. Well, uh, which is you know, is a problem for my career, but <laughs> I do. But the thing is, I think not like whatever, against I, choice. You know, not like oh, mag. Like I'm nothing against them. It's just like I don't know. Like I've never really had. I guess I don't. We don't really get any more magazines. We do, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I just use my phone now. Which we'll talk yeah. more about the tech stuff later, but sorry. Um, so I kind of did always know. I mean, I pretty, I knew I entered, I knew that I wanted to be in magazines pretty early on, probably when I was a sophomore. Wow. So like, so like you talked about your interest in writing at a, you know, so what I've seen on this podcast is that there's two like main things that happens. Either it's like, for example, we had like we had this guy on the show and he was into like medical stuff and he did medical stuff and then he got sick one day and then he uh cooked for himself and then he loved cooking and then he became a chef instead. Right? So oh. that that's like a one event thing. That's like a kind of like a big moment, like life-changing moment which some people have like where they found their passion. 
versus like gradually over time maybe the parents influenced it or the things around you and you and like the person gradually got into it like which one would you say you lean into more i mean my parents definitely influenced me because my mom is also a writer Mm. she has her master's in the blood she has her mfa in creative writing so it was yeah my mom definitely influenced me but also it was something that I was pretty good at and I enjoyed, you know, like when I went to college for, for a minute, I thought I maybe wanted to be a psychiatrist Wow! because I also really liked talking to people. Right. And, and, and talking to my friends and helping them with their problems. And I remember I was like, Oh, if I'm going to major in psychology, I have to take like statistics Ugh. and math. And <laughs> I was like, not great in math. I was okay. I was fine in math, but writing, was I was a like, fun well, I was like, I'm going to be an English major because I like, I'm going to enjoy that more. I mean, I, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, should I go back and get like my PhD in psychology or something? But, um, go for it. No, (laughs) you're done now. I mean, well, as long as I have this job, I will, I'll be okay. But so, yeah, I just feel like I looked at what I was, what I liked and also what I had some natural aptitude for. And it, that was writing, writing, writing was a nice yeah writing and talking to people and relating to people yeah do you do you think that like if you pursued more like like fiction writing or book writing you you're like you would have been too like holed up i guess or like confined because you seem like a very social person and you think that might have also influenced it maybe i mean i still will probably write a book so that's just i just I actually, I thought for a minute, so the summer after my, so when I was in college, I had an internship. So the summer after my freshman year in college, I had an internship at a local arts newspaper at Augusta. Then my sophomore year, I thought, also I thought maybe I wanted to go into politics for a hot second. Well, you had like many different. Well, but it's all sort of related in a way. Like it's people, it's people, it's talking about ideas, it's bringing people together. Um, and that's what somebody said to me, one of my coworkers was like, Amy, you're a great connector, you know, that like, I'm not just a good writer. I'm a good, I'm a people person. And so like, so when you go into a career, it isn't usually just one thing you have to think, think of, look at yourself and think, well, what am I good at? And what do I enjoy doing? And then how can that translate to me doing something that will support myself? It's not, you know. I don't want to say terribly hard, but like the chances of becoming like a baseball player in the MLB are not that great, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's pretty, but, it's pretty rough. Or like, I mean, because I also played music, but I was just like, I don't, I think I'm, I'm pretty good, but I'm not good enough probably to be a musician for a living. I felt like I was good enough of a writer and a, and a talker <laughs> to be an editor. Are you the type of person you think that like, if you're good at something, you enjoy it like more automatically? Like I know my mom's like that. Like she's yeah. like fine, fine. She's she's in finance, right? And like finance isn't that interesting for anybody, but she's like a good at it or whatever she does. She's good at it, so she like likes doing it because she's like, yeah, I'm so good, and like <laughs> it's 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 nice to be good at something. But I think so. I mean, I think if you're good, you get validation, and people are like, and you get the validation of the people around you, like, oh, you're really good at this. Like, I feel at this job or I feel like when you in a workplace working with people that are in your, you're working as a team, working on a team of people and it's enjoyable when you're good at something and then the people around you enjoy that you are, appreciate that you are good at it. Yeah. And also though, like, I'm very interested in like the skills that you've built up over the years. For example, Right. Of course, you've been on TV, which is just, you know, that's like a wow. Right. I've never been on TV. I don't think many people have. But would you I'm interested. Would you say that as a kid or growing up or like, you know, in younger years that you were not like you were naturally able to do this and like you weren't scared of like public speaking or do you think or were you and like did you like have to like over time learn how to get better at that or? I was not, no, I was not scared of public speaking, but I did have to get, I did get media trained. I mean, I do think that my person, I have a natural, 
bubbly personality. That so you weren't scared. That's I've never met anyone who I feel like was like not scared. I wasn't scared. I mean, actually, to be honest, I want to say I almost feel like it's easier being on TV because when you're on TV, you're only we're behind the camera talking to like the two or three people that are there with you. And I actually said when I've had to get up in front of people, I'm not I wouldn't say I'm scared, but it's different. I feel like two different skills, probably. Yeah, it's easier for me to be on TV or on camera talking to somebody than to just get up and you're there and everyone's staring at you, right? I mean, I can do it, but I really enjoy being on TV. And I think, you know, we all, but in they always media train you um, at the magazines because, or at the media, because media entities always like um, print or online, always like all the major shows are always looking for story ideas and they're looking for experts. And so when you go on to represent the magazine or newspaper or wherever you're, be your get, best. You're, giving, you're giving them PR you're giving I'm um, so like I'm going on Good Morning America tomorrow and so Better Homes and Gardens is going to get the cover on you know and and so then maybe we'll pick up a couple more readers yeah no that's it's, it's like a but we do get both gains but even when you have a natural aptitude for something I did have to get media trained so, like, for example, they say, you know, you never know when the camera's going to be on you, so always smile. Like, don't, you know, like, if the camera pans on you and you're like this. So there were, there was, I did have to learn some things, but I enjoyed doing it, so. Yeah, would you say that you're just, like, 100% an extrovert and, like, you gain your energy from other people and, like, you never have to, I guess, recharge, like, by yourself? Or would you say... You do, and like you have to like, like all right, like I gotta. <laughs> I I do have to recharge by myself. I do. I do spend time myself. Um, I mean, I exercise a lot. I mean, that's like when I'm exercising and listening to music. That's my recharge as yeah, well. Yeah, you're not talking to like anyone else, really. No, I mean, I do. I mean, I am. I'm. I am kind of an extreme <laughs> extrovert, but but I do have to recharge. Yeah. So how do you? Because it's obviously. It's probably like I would assume, maybe not for you, but like a normal person, like emotionally taxing job. You know, you gotta creatively. You have to be like, oh, what's this, that, and like, I just like, how do you manage? Like, I don't know. I I I've said this a lot, like work life balance. But like, the more I talk to people, the more I realize like that doesn't really exist, right? You're always working at home, and then you're like, you know, but basically, how do you just not let yourself get overwhelmed? It does exist, though. I mean, I think that it takes a while. I mean, look, I've been, you know, I'm 50 and I've been doing this since I was, you know, I graduated journalism school 21 and I've had a job ever since. Like I never didn't have a job. And, and it, the funny thing is, I feel like I don't understand where, like, I feel like not you guys, but I do know some people in their like 20s and 30s who are like, who seemed I don't want to say directionless and, <laughs> and I'm just like wait but how could you and you know maybe some maybe some people don't need to make money for a living right so say you come from a family that has money you don't need but then I'm like but I still wouldn't you want to pursue something like that gives you joy yeah that gives you a purpose Right, like I fulfillment. Feel like, fulfillment. I think that I'm lucky in that I really feel I love my job, and I feel like if I don't want I mean it's I have a purpose, right? That I make people, I help people live healthier. I think that people enjoy talking to me, so I feel happy that I, I feel I'm helping people with my job. Yeah, and have you always had a like a want to help? people or is it more just like you want to share your like ideas I mean I think that I mean I'm an only child and I think that that's the thing and I didn't have like growing up I feel like I was alone a lot like it was me and my parents and so I think that's why yeah, that's not always fun huh no it was so boring. hi mom and dad <laughs> sorry <laughs> okay. but I mean I think Cameron I mean Cameron's an only child too mm-hmm. but he's got my husband his dad has four brothers, five brothers and sisters. So he oh. has like, Cameron has like 12 cousins. Funny, and funny of people. Seven <laughs> and 
Yeah, who are always, you know, paying attention to him or like even or who he feels he's a part of a pack. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm really, it's like me and my parents and kind of my grandparents. I really only had three first cousins who live far away. Who, so, so no, no I, one your age for sure was nearby. No. And so that's why I think, I think that that's why I became an extrovert because I want to say it was like a survival skill. It was like, <laughs> hey. so, you know, whereas like Jeff is like, a, is kind of an introvert. I mean, Cameron's an extrovert though. I mean, yeah, I've realized a lot of people say like they're a blend, like maybe one day they're feel. I guess maybe that's, you know what I mean? I, it's very like loosey-goosey terms with some people, I think, you know, but um, that's, that's interesting. So you, do you think if you had siblings or like a lot of close family, you might not be as extroverted or you think it was always kind of in you, you always would have, you always would have had it? I mean... I guess you would never know, right? We'll never know. But I mean, I think that I would always be this way to an extent. Yeah, because you never know. Like, just because you have a sibling doesn't mean that you get along with that sibling. You know what I'm saying? I have a younger sister. <laughs> okay, well, uh, you know, it's like it's she's younger, so we, we, we battle sometimes. But anyways, I'd also like to talk about you being like a director, right? And like a leader, which is something that is very, as well, like, I use the term again, emotionally taxing or, you know, how do you, like, what is your ideal, like, work atmosphere emotionally? Like, do you want it to be very understanding or very loose, very funny? Like, what do you strive for? I mean, understanding, I mean, and I've had to, like, so I'm, you know, I have managed people. I mean, right now I don't, but I was yeah. um, because they we had layoffs and they like we had an assistant editor. So, but throughout my career, I have managed departments. So, you know, at one point there was two people I was managing and I'm and mentoring. And I mean, it was the same for me. So, like I so I feel like it has to be collaborative and collaborative, and you know, you have to give people. You have to give people ownership over their, over what they're doing, and but support collaborative and supportive. And I've always, I mean, I feel like I'm fortunate that most, I mean, almost all my jobs have been that way. Um, and I do see myself be this assistant editor who I just was working with recently. I really mentored her um, in trying to figure out how she can take the next steps in her career, how she, or when she came up among roadblocks, how she could get past those roadblocks. And that's part of, that's actually- You just seem like you're really like helping people, which is great. Yeah. And that's part of your job. Like if you take a role, if you, when usually when you move up in a job, in a corporate structure, you do tend to manage people and that is part of your job. I mean, companies always like to have people that are good mentors and that are good at helping people grow in that company. Yeah, I mean, and would you say like, like I'm curious for someone like you, and like let's say we have an audience member that's interested in like either you know just journalism writing, or you know magazine writing, or just you know creative something whatever content creation. What would you say are some like? I never know how to ask this question correctly, but like curveballs, like that you didn't know, like 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 intangibles that you had to develop that you didn't know were like were required. And I know that's like a really weirdly put question, but like yeah, like let's say someone wants to get into it and they're like, what's basically it's like what skills should I like be aware of that I will have to use if I get into this profession? Well, I, you have to be entrepreneurial. You know, you might not think of that, but. You can't let, I don't, you have to make the opportunities for yourself. So if you, if you're a junior editor or a junior writer and you want to move up, you have to pitch story ideas, even if you're not asked. It's not like just because you've been at a place for a certain amount of time, you're automatically going to advance. And that didn't throw me a curveball. I realized that right, right away that you have to always raise your hand and say, I have an idea for this and I have an idea for that. And like, and like, don't wait to get called on to contribute. 
And I think that that, in some cases, I find that that's sometimes hard for people, like coming up, that they, yeah. they're like, well, I wasn't asked to do this. And I was like, well, you have, you have to take the initiative and be entrepreneurial yourself to pitch ideas. And I mean, that's kind of what they, they, they mentioned that in journalism school a bit that, you know, you're not just sitting back and writing about things passing you by. You have to be, you have to look for the stories. Be active. Yeah. Yeah. And would you say that you've always had like a good amount of confidence in yourself and like your work or have you ever been like a little like, maybe like, oh, I don't know if this is so great. Like, I'm a little worried. Or do you think you... Well, I mean, look, I didn't get every... I mean, I, when I was looking for a job, like, I really pounded the pavement. I mean, I remember I, you know, I graduated from Columbia, but that I basically asked... I, I had an internship that between my junior and senior year of college. It was sponsored by the American Society of Magazine Editors, and they still have it and they play and I had to apply for it in college and my professor college professor had to recommend me and this internship has been in existence for like I don't know like 50 years or something wow and I remember when I got out of journalism school every year we would get a list of the editors who were ASME alums and I went through the list and just cold called people and you you, and you took action there initiative yeah, well, and, and so when i when you do when you apply for a journalism job or when you apply for a magazine job you get this thing was called an edit test so you'd have to give you like probably like two or three things to edit maybe one or two things to write and i didn't get a lot of jobs you know so you'd spend like a week you know on this edit test giving ideas editing and then like you don't get the job so then I, you know i mean it took you know nice wasn't easy wasn't not easy it wasn't easy i mean so yeah i mean was i always confident in my ability i was but i but i it wasn't like everyone always told I me mean, you know one job I got pushed out of because like somebody came in and like didn't like me, <laughs> you know. I mean, I know oh that's hard God. to believe, but you know, that's the other thing is I think that maybe you say what's the curveball is the office politics that you know that that it's not a meritocracy that a lot of times there's people with like the same abilities as you or maybe not even as the same ability. But if they're likable and they're easy to work with, that goes a really long way. I mean, that goes a longer way than anybody thinks. It's like you can't, it's not just about being good at what you do. It's about being somebody that somebody wants to work with. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. And would you say like, I don't know if that's even a word, like malleability? That is a word, right? Would you adaptability. adaptability. Adapt okay, that's a much easier well, word to say. Would you say I, that's like... Well, and especially in, so in my business, and I think it's probably in a lot of businesses, it's not just media, but, you know, I've been at Better Homes and Gardens for 10 years, but the original editor-in-chief who hired me in left, and the new guy came in, and, you know, and I, so your job is to be like, all right, well, what is this, what does he want, what does he, you know, it's to be listening, and you can't say, you know, there's always a period of time where, the new person, new boss comes in and is weeds people out. And usually, you know, you can't say, oh, well, we did things that way. That, we didn't, we never did things that way. You know, so that's the adaptability. And then our company bought a company and then we just got sold. So it's everything. A lot of new personnel probably. Or no, it's well, the same. It's, yeah, it's just you have to be adaptable and just be like, okay, it's changing and what what do I need to do to I have to figure out like well, stay, what do I need yeah, to do stay today? Home. Yeah, or what what how is my job changing? You can't just like you might have the same job, but it could be different jobs in that same job. Yeah. Depending on if the company or the boss changes. And you have to be willing to be like, okay, here's what I bring to the table and how can I help you fulfill your vision for this place. I mean, that's like the ideal mindset that I don't know how many people do really have all the time. 
but I'm also, yeah, I'm also curious, would you say then that, like, someone who's, like, let's say you're interviewing two people and, like, you're supposed to hire one of them and one of them's super talented, but, like, they're pretty stuck in, like, what they do and the other one's, like, not as talented, but maybe they're more, adapt like, they have more, like, they're more adaptable, they're more willing to, like, learn and change, like, would you hire the second person or would you say... I think it's hard to tell if someone's adaptable. Of course, I mean, of course, of course. But if you knew, if you knew, would you? You know, it's, yeah. I mean, because I think, I mean, of course, I mean, we're talking like there's a certain level of aptitude. You know, I'm not going to hire somebody. I mean, there was, so I did, there was some, I have been in the past, there have been people that maybe didn't seem as like, yeah, I mean, I feel like I was <laughs> And I hired the person that I that was more of a go that seemed like more of a go getter. Mm-hmm. But also, you you probably want someone who's like like you said like likable and like someone you want to work with versus like some sort of stuck up. I mean, it's, which is really hard to tell because on an interview, because a lot of times you're really just going on like a gut feeling, and then you have, and you you're calling references, but. It's hard to, I mean, being in HR is like, or like hiring people and is, you know, it's its own thing. It's hard. Yeah, that's another whole thing. But I'm also, yeah, I'm also curious because we, like I like touched on before, you were talking about how, you know, you would do these things, you wouldn't always get everything, et cetera, et cetera. And, I, and this is more of like a mindset question than like your exact job. But I know like even in our own school, you know, including me, like if some, like if I make a mistake or I don't get something that like I wanted, sometimes I'll get a little like dejected or be like, Oh my God, like this isn't for me or like I'm a failure, whatever. Right. And how did you, and like what advice would you have for other kids um, to like fight against that, to like stay motivated? Cause you obviously kept pursuing and you didn't give up. Right. Yeah. Well, you have to have resilience. You have to just, you know, just because I mean, you know, of course you're not going to get everything you want. There's always, you, you're not going to get every job. You're not going to always get an A. You're not going to, even if you studied really hard sometimes. And I think that there's this culture of that everyone has to be this standout person all the time, you know, and that's just not reality. I mean, I would rather take, I mean, let's say like, I mean, I'm mean, thinking you guys are all applying to college right now and everybody's like, oh my God, straight A, everyone's got straight A's and high scores. And I'm just like, well, wouldn't you rather the kid that's not rather, which is all great, but like see somebody who's come back from something, who's improved or who who just shows that they are not going to fall apart if they don't get, if they're not exactly always, what they thought they would get. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think, yeah, I mean, I remember in one of my first jobs, I, I went in. I was an assistant editor and I had done a tremendous, I was fact checking, I was writing, I was doing so much. And I went in and asked for promotion. Brave. And I didn't get it. And I remember I was like, she told me like, you know, there was no room in the budget for that job title, whatever, for whatever it was. And I remember I went home, I was probably like 20, you know, I went home and I cried (laughs) for like, Okay. And then I, then I moved on and then I kept, then I was just like, all right. And then I looked for, then I just doubled down on looking for a job. And then that's just what happens. You just, it happens. And, you know, and are you grateful for that experience? You think, for example, like you think you learned from it or. Yeah. I mean, also I think I, you have to learn. I don't want to say like to ask for help, but what I did was I actually, you have to, you know, you make a big thing too is when in workplaces and you know, you guys know this in school too, you have a certain allies, like one teacher might be difficult, but then, you know, you have, you know, some teachers you might not like, they might not yeah. like you, but then <laughs> you have allies, not you personally, but do you know what no, I'm saying? No, no, I mean, I definitely have some teachers that and prefer so me versus I, others. <laughs> But I remember when I went, didn't get this promotion, that that was the editor-in-chief who decided it. But I was really good, close friends with the managing editor. And so she knew and she helped me look for another job. And then I was – and actually, I was close to – this was – that was my second job. I was still close to people that I had – a mentor that I had made in my first job. 
And so I reached out, I always reach out to people for help. And I think that's an important thing too. That's an important skill. And I think they try to teach you guys that at school too, but that really helps you to know it's not to know when you need help Support, and, it's not, yeah. and it's not bad. Because yeah, there's definitely an embarrassed, like, or not, like, not like, like, that there should be, but, like, at least I know for, like, kids, like, all right, like, there's a, like, a, it almost feels a little embarrassing, you know, because you're like, oh, my God, like, I need help versus these other kids that might not, and then you get a little, and then you might not ask. I remember, like, in my old school, I was in a Spanish class, and everyone was so good, and I was so bad, but I never asked for help because I was embarrassed, and then I ended up, like, doing horrible in the class when I should have just asked for help, but. Yeah. yeah. And also I always say like, I always, people don't always show you their hand, right? So you think that somebody is doing really well in something because they're just like really great at it, but you don't know what help they're getting. They're not going to tell you. Of course. So, yeah. Yeah. You should so, I mean, not take everything not at face value. That, so it's just like, it's just, it's not, it's actually a, a show of smart intelligence and strength to be like, oh, okay. I see this isn't my strong point. But I know that somebody that can help me with it, and then you get that help. Yeah, and, I mean that happens in my career too. Like it, like I do that all the time. Like sometimes I get a story in, and I'm like, "Ugh, this story didn't come in in really good shape." I'm gonna ask the exec. I'm gonna send it to the executive editor and say, "Like, what do you think about this? Like, this is what I think needs to be done to fix it." But tell me what you think, you know, or. You know, even my editor-in-chief is always like, if anyone ever feels overwhelmed with something, tell somebody and someone will help. Yeah, because it's probably better to get help and, like, do it good than to try to force it and then it might not be that good. Or not do it and you you don't meet your deadline, you know? There's deadlines. So not, not sit on it and, like, freak out and then you don't hand it in on time or something, you know? Yeah. I was actually going to ask about that. Obviously, in school... We have deadlines, but they're probably, I, I school, they're more understanding with deadlines than obviously like, you know, a work like yours. How do you, like how, like how has your time management skills improved or or, is it, or do you mainly do all the work at work? And then like, if you do it at work, you're good. Or do you have to do some at home sometimes or like outside? Well, it's funny because you know, the whole pandemic thing is like working from home, right? Versus being in the office. And actually for what I do for a living, I edit, I edit and come up with ideas. So, I mean, maybe also because I'm, you know, I've been in my career for a long time. So I already have a network of people. I mean, I deal with freelance writers who I'm, who are not in the office with me anyway, but I'm actually, and well, I don't want to say I get ideas from my life, from living my life. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people have told me that. It's super interesting. Yeah, so I feel like you have to, I do have to manage my time in the sense that I'm like, okay, I have, I'm editing, you know, it's always time management. It's like, okay, I'm coming up, I I have to come up with the story ideas by this date, and then I have to assign the stories that means I have to reach out to writers and assign the stories by this date because I need an outline from them by this date. And then I need to have edited. I'm already like, dizzy. There's always dates. But then the thing is you figure, I figure, it's like when you guys have assignments, it's the same thing. It's like you have a big science project. It's like a week when you have a project, a test, a homework assignment. And you have to be like, okay, I have to figure out. Well, do we do that? I don't know. Like, well, you know, I mean, you're supposed to be learning. We're supposed to. Yeah. all the time because I have. So, like, for example. You're much more responsible than us. Well, but, I'm, <laughs> no. but I mean, okay. what I'm saying, so, for example, I, um, so I'm going on Good Morning America tomorrow. So I had to, I have to prep for that, right? I had to study the script, come up with the tips, study the script. Plus, I have a presentation I have to make. But that's not till next Friday. Plus, I have you know three stories that are we're, we're, I'm working on the October issue right now, and I have three stories that are in the process of be, that I'm editing. So it's I feel like just I just sit down and do a little bit on everything every day. And it, but it is I work back from the deadlines, and I do have to pace. I can't like wait to do everything before. Yeah. 
I mean, that's great, right? It seems like you're very, like, I'll be honest with you. I like I, Cameron and I have summer reading. I don't even know if I've even, <laughs> you know, started you have some, it. You have summer reading? Yeah, I mean, I should have read. Anyways, I should have been reading maybe ten pages a day at least, and I probably would have been done by now. I hope my well, how mom many and dad books? aren't listening. I don't. He doesn't tell me anything. It's just one book, so it's easy. But it's like you know, I should have been doing it. Anyways, though. <laughs> Is it uh, a lot of books? Tell it's me. Just one. It's just one. Just one. So it's not. And bad. you're supposed to write like a first draft of your essay for college, right? Oh, don't remind me about college now. Ugh. But also, I'm curious about. Um, and I asked a lot of people this on the podcast, of how you, you don't get so stuck up in like the rejection rejection and like take stuff personally for, for example and i know with like you know writing or editing it's like that's your work you're putting it out there or whatever let's say e- let's say either from audience you know or readers or even people in that are like you know amy and i don't know if you get this now or as often obviously you're very experienced now but like maybe before like hey this isn't that great or whatever they say i don't know what they would say oh, to no. you. oh my gosh so when i was a junior editor i would i mean even now like I'll send a story to sometimes to the executive editor. And so, so I assign the story, then it comes in and then I edit it. And then I sent goes to the executive editor and she edits And sometimes. And I, I write what's called what they call the head and the deck of the story, which is the title and the little blurb, like, you know, eat for immunity. Did you know that your gut health is tied to your good immunity? Here are 10 foods that you need to put on your plate this winter. And so, but some, and I write the display copy. So sometimes she'll send it back and she'll be like, you need to rewrite this. You know, I mean, still, you know, she's like, this seems a little flat. Can you redo it? And I'm like, okay. Like, I don't. So yeah, how do you not let that get in your, because I know at least like. Because you be can't. Honest, that's the process. I mean, I've been doing it for a long time, but yeah. you're right. When I was a junior editor early on, like sometimes I get stories back and like the person would be like, yeah, you need to redo this. Oh God. <laughs> but that's how you learn. Well, that's normal. That's also normal. Of course. That's yeah. And eventually as you get better and better, as you go along, you'll get less and less of that. Not that you won't get it ever, but you'll get less and less. Yeah, of I assume everyone, I feel like, you probably assume now you're still improving and like you probably would, you're probably going to improve indefinitely, right? You never feel like you, well, and also, or you say it, you're, yeah. Well, and also, I mean, to some extent, you know, writing is subjective, right? Like, of course, yeah, not- you can't, you can't, yeah. And how have you grappled with that in the sense of like, you can't make everyone happy? I feel like, yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, obviously, where I, I've been at my this job for 10 years and they like me, so I don't get it that often or else I wouldn't have my job. No, oh, yeah. You make people but, happy. <laughs> but, I mean, I was at a job, you know, the job before this one where, you know, a new boss came in and they didn't like the way that I, that I, they just wanted something different. And that's like, okay. And I was, you know, it was upsetting, but I found a new job. You know, it's just like, that's going to happen. Like go where people like you basically or like fine. Well, or if you're good at what you do, I know that I was good at what I, I know that I'm good at what I do, but that I just didn't jive maybe with that. Certain people, person. That, people. yeah. And it, that's fine. And, and that's going to happen. And, you know, yeah, it, it hurt. I mean, in the beginning, you know, it hurts. It's a, but then you just it's upsetting. But then you're just like, okay, and you you recalibrate, and you're like, okay, well, adaptability that didn't work out, but I'll find something else. And you're like, yeah, it seems like you never. Yeah, it seems like you never really let it get in your head because I know even like for me, like I'll do a history paper. And I'll get a comment back, like, you didn't put a period. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, what, <laughs> like, what, like oh, and I, I get, like, sad. So I'm like, if I just put a period. But it seems like I have to, like, I'm striving to be like you, for example. I'm trying to be like, okay, it happened. Let's add the period now for the next time and, like, be good. But obviously. Well, yeah. it, I mean, I, I am older than you. So <laughs> it's like, it takes a while. So you think patience also is probably... Something that at least kids like me should, you know, exist. Well, I think, 
you can't let frustration derail you. I mean, it's okay to be frustrated and upset, but then it's like, don't, don't let it sabotage yourself. You know, like don't, you know, say, you know, you, you don't do well on a test, but then you've got like another test that you need to keep studying for another project that you need. Don't let it, it's okay. Of course, it's going to feel upsetting, but maybe set aside like, okay, I'm going to be upset about this for, you know, tonight and then I'm going to move on. Yeah, that's, that's the ideal way. But um, I'm also, you know, before we wrap up, I'm also curious of like, your your um your methods for not burning out or not like for example like like blocks in your brain for like creativity or like let's say you want to edit or whatever like let's say you can't think of something and it seems like you said you just get inspiration from like your life are you actively looking for inspiration or you think you kind of it just like happens when you're like least expecting it well i think i kind of naturally became i mean i'm want to say like i'm pretty much I'm walking the walk of what I do, you know, that I, so I'm supposed to, I'm interpreting research and seeing the health and fitness and wellness trends and thinking like, well, how does this translate to what I need to be doing in my life? So for example, I always write about, well, how do you make exercising a habit? Cause that's for me, I exercise. I mean, I ride a stationary, I ride a Peloton and why I love it is because I love the music. And so for me, when I get on the Peloton, I'm like, I'm dancing, you know, I would dance for exercise. So I, it, it's, I think I came to the topic that I cover because I naturally am interested in it. So I don't really have to look. It's just, I pay attention. Natural to passion like. for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a vegetable garden, so I write about that, about growing vegetables. So it just... It's, I love vegetable cart. My mom has one, and they're so they're so much better than like anything store bought. Better, oh, yeah. Man. And so, I want to say the sound like this is a word that I'm authentic. Like people make fun of me. Like I don't cameras. I say, "Mommy, you post too much on social media, or stop <laughs> posting." And I'm like, "Well, that's part of my job, and also I'm not posting inauthentic. I'm posting about my garden, or I'm posting about." The dog. Yeah, you do you. You do you. Yeah. And so, you know, I do go to, you know, sometimes I go to seminars on health and nutrition trends and I do get ideas from there because then I research what's going on and what are the experts talking about and what are they seeing as the trends. And when I talk to, I do talk to doctors and nutritionists and medical experts and say, well, what do you think? what do you think people need to know about? Like, what are the messages that aren't getting out? So that I do get ideas that way too. Yeah. And also though, when you get these ideas and obviously you're interested in it because you have a passion for it, but how do you go about then like translating and like maybe like make cutting down this information into like digestible bites for like people, like for example, me that like, you know, healthy food is cool, but I rather eat McDonald's and it's like, how do you make it? So like, I guess, what's the word? Like appealing, appealing? Well, I always say it's everything in moderation. You know, there are all these diets out there, for example. It's like this This woman I work with is on like some certain diet and she can't eat. She has these categories of foods that she can't eat. I was like, that seems really hard. So it's it's not that you can never eat McDonald's. I mean, I eat McDonald's sometimes. Big <laughs> <laughs> Mac. I don't eat it. But not every day. And also if you eat, like I don't eat a big Mac from McDonald's, I'll eat like the small chicken sandwich, maybe every once in a while. Or, or my favorite thing was like Wendy's, the baked potato and chili. I don't even know. Dairy queen, those blizzards, right? (laughs) But but I wasn't having one every single day. And it's like the guidelines is eat a mostly plant-based diet. So it doesn't mean you can never have a hamburger, but it's just, it's everything in moderation. And I know that's hard for some people and some people want absolutes, but it's, you don't have to overhaul everything in one night. So for example, it's like somebody who doesn't like to exercise, get on the bike for 10 minutes. Just say you're going to do it for 10 minutes. And then chances are you'll be on there for 30 mm-hmm. or you won't. And then you'll pick something else. So yeah, I mean, that's great. Yeah. Positivity and always fine, but um, and don't beat yourself up for not always being, 
regimented. You're right. I, I, I find people that like, you know, they, they assign things for themselves and even if they do it and they do a great job and, but they don't hit exactly what they wanted, they like feel very discouraged or like, like they failed, which I think is something that we should learn not to feel. But, um, but there's no, I mean, I don't think that there's failure. I mean, you might exactly. As well. No, exactly. It's all in our heads. You know what I mean? Like, it's all like, we're all, we're all little kids that are like, but, um, anyways, one more question about for, uh, for you, Amy, thank you so much for doing this again. Let's say you're in a room. So I asked this one to everyone as well. Let's say you're in a room with people like me, you know, my age, Cameron, whatever, and other kids. And they're like, Amy, Amy, like we, we don't, we don't know, you know, what we're going to do in our lives. We don't know what career we're going to pursue. Like we're scared. We don't know, like, you know, maybe some people do know whatever, but like we, you know, majority don't like passion. I don't know my passion. I don't know what I want to do, how to make money. Like how, basically how would you comfort them? And this is a very big question. So just, you can, so you don't have to say everything, but you know. I would say at your age. That's okay. You know, I mean, it's okay to not know exactly what you want to do. Just find what do you what do you like to do? I would say think about what do you like to do in your day-to-day life. Like, for example, Cameron loves sports. So it's pretty good at baseball, I hear. It's pretty good. Yeah, I feel like he's gonna probably I mean, I don't know, but I would say like he'll probably do something with sports, like whether it's sports management sport or business yeah or, you know there's so many things that it doesn't have to be if you like numbers i mean that's an easy one right you figure out even for us adults a lot of times people have to change careers and even in my industry um a lot of people have gotten laid off they're not a lot of they're not a lot of editor jobs left and so then we we there's a group called After Magazines. And then so we all talk about how can we adapt our skill set to something else. And so that's what I would say, like, for you guys, it's like, what are you good at? What do you enjoy doing? And how would that adapt? How would that translate into doing something for a living? Those are the those are the those are nice, easy steps. I mean, it's not necessarily easy, but well, it'll you're make right. a list. But I, I've never thought of it like that. For example, I, you know, I'm always yeah. like jumping to like the last one. How do I make money with what I, you know? I would say the money second. You know, even so, that's the thing is like. So my husband is sometimes looking. He's, he sometimes he doesn't like what he does. He's been doing it for a really long time, and I, I said, okay. So what do you like about your job, and what's your skill set? And then how can that tra- – What other, I'm sure those things would translate to another so job. you might like and, more, yeah, as well. Yeah, and, and a lot of times adults go to career counselors for it. So for you guys starting out, it's just – We don't think we all like, figure it out, I guess. It's, no, it's just what do you enjoy doing, what are you good at, and how, what, would, and, you know, what might that translate to for a living? Whether it's – I mean, you, it's a lot of lists, maybe, a list. <laughs> Amy – Thank you again so much for doing this. You know, I, I'm, I'm so grateful that you were able to give up your time. And, you know, I know I know you have uh, bigger things tomorrow to worry about. But That's okay. So it's Friday. <laughs> oh, my God. It is Friday. 